This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Hi, I'm Denise Gustafson, Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance and the guest host for this special Printing Impressions podcast series in celebration of Women's History Month, highlighting the women in the printing industry. During this series, I'll have the opportunity to talk with women from all segments of the industry about their experiences and their journey as a woman in the printing industry. So today, it's my pleasure to welcome Teresa Huguener, Regional SVP of Sales for Imagine. And I really hope I actually pronounced your name correctly, Teresa. You did an excellent job, Denise. Well done. Awesome. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you were able to chat with us. I'm looking forward to learning about you and your journey. But I guess let me just start with the question of what do you do? You're a regional vice SVP of sales for Imagine. So what do you do for Imagine? What does Imagine do? If you can give us a little background to get us going. Yeah, so Imagine itself is founded in the retail experience. Uh, but in addition to that, we're really visual communicators all across uh, many customer platforms. I support our sales team in Twin Cities. So I'm at our Shockpea facility. There are multiple facilities with different subject matter expertise across the country. Uh, If you were to ask me specifically what I do, I would say I am a customer ambassador. I am here to support our customers as they support their consumers uh, and to support my team really as they support our customers. So I usually don't use the word sales ever when when I say what I do. So in customer support, so what would that include? Yeah, so our customers bring us their vision. It's the they're trying to communicate to their consumer and they're looking for the right medium to do so. And we're helping them get there. We learn a lot throughout the year as we test different products and they go to market. And we're really just supporting our customers get that message out uh, as cohesively as possible, uh, always with the budget in mind. And uh, if you know anything about retail, it has to be fast and it, it has to be on a dime. And so we do all that as well. They always want it yesterday. Yes. <laughs> always, without a doubt, because they're, I think, especially in retail, it seems like they're always running behind too. So they even need it extra fast just because budgets get approved late or whatnot. So I know that's something that I've seen just on the retail side specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the speed of change. Uh, We have customers that are very fluid environments. Uh, Social media affects their business very much. The supply chain has affected their business very much. Uh, So really, it's, it's a requirement to figure out how you can become more nimble by the day. Mm-hmm. especially supply chain. Oh God, we finally got our shipment in. Now yeah. we actually have to promote it to make sure that people, we can actually sell it and get it out because the next shipment hopefully will be coming in next. Yes. You know? And if you remember what happened to chicken, uh, it was chicken is going to be our promo. And then all of a sudden we can't get the chicken. So uh, that changes. No more is chicken on promo. So it's been really interesting. Very, very interesting. So how long have you been with Imagine? I've been with Imagine coming up on nine years. Um, it's been quite the journey. I was at my last company for 10 years. So I am kind of one of those long-term people. I like to get in and learn as much as I can and then stick around to use that learning. Which is amazing. Now, of course, I have to ask, how'd you get started? 
I mean, is, is, is printing something that you said, oh yes, I'm going to be in printing or yeah. in, you know, experiential marketing. Was yeah, that really um, how you started? No, I mean, so from what I've observed being in this industry now, uh, either print is something that you're born into or you fall into by complete accident. Uh, and I was the latter. I, I knew a friend and had a friend and that friend had a friend and I ended up in print is kind of how it all came together. Uh, but I will never forget the first time I had a plant tour here at Imagine. Uh, I was in complete awe. And then once I started working with the amazing brands we do, I was I was hooked. It's really amazing. I think that's what I've been talking to a lot of women. They It's very similar. Um, you're either born into it or you literally stumble into it. And, and it's one of those things too. You either love it or hate it. You kind of know from the get-go if this is yeah. going to be a right fit for you or not. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, what kind of roles have you had throughout your career? Obviously, you're going on almost 20 years of your career. What kind of roles have you already been in? You're, you know, an SVP now, a regional SVP now. So obviously you didn't start there. <laughs> no, I actually, I started working when I was 14. Uh, I created oh, wow. financial independence uh, at a very young age. And, you know, even when I was young, I've always kind of migrated toward leadership roles. And I'm also extremely curious and a problem solver. So I have had a ton of different varying roles. I do remember I started my professional life in collections in college, and I very, very quickly tried to figure out how do I get off of the phones and into a different position here. And that was kind of my foray into figure out how you get into a leadership role so you can help other people. Uh, in their position. And that's kind of what I do when I, since I've been at Imagine here, I've had, I think, five or six different roles, operations, service, sales, uh, and just try to bring all those learnings from those different areas to different aspects of our business. So, I mean, you've already mentioned some things about your tenacity and your, your penchant for your leadership roles. What do you think has really helped you to make the most of your career in printing? You know, what's really helped you be successful in the various roles that you've had? Yeah, I, you know, I'm very fortunate in that I have had multiple leaders, male and female, that have believed in me. Uh, I've been given room to make mistakes, grow from them and win because of them. Uh, and I really forever be grateful for those individuals. Uh, in addition to that, I have to say, similar to many people, my first influencers were my parents. Uh, admittedly, I'm part of the generation where my mom and dad told me I could do anything I wanted to when I grew up. Um, they also supported and encouraged my independent nature. Uh, and, you know, honestly, they have a really admirable work ethic. And I watched them overcome uh, obstacle after obstacle. Uh, if you would ask me, from a female perspective, kind of what's helped me be successful, I think it was impactful that my dad didn't treat me any differently than my brother. Uh, we had the same level of accountability at home. And as I grew up, I always had a front row seat to my mom growing in her career. Uh, and that was incredibly inspiring. She started as a stay-at-home mom and then worked to find her footing in the workforce. And it was really great to watch her grow. She's a very direct communicator. And I learned how to use that beneficially as a woman and not kind of that negative stereotype of women being direct communicators in the workforce. Yes. Or aggressive, or there, there's a number of different words that can be used in that instance. Definitely. Yes. You know, you've talked about your parents, you've talked about 
other mentors, how important was it for you to have mentors as you were going through your career? You said you looked up to, you know, men and women as you were growing in your career. It's so interesting, the word mentor to me, because I remember this feeling, you have to find a mentor and people will tell you this, like, go find a mentor. And when you're young, you don't know what that means or how to do that. And so I kind of took a little bit more, more of a lighter approach and just found people that inspired me and work to have candid conversations with all of them. Uh, I think my mom used to tell me this when I worked at the company that she worked at. She's like, you can't just talk to the owner of the company like he's getting coffee. And I was like, well, we're getting coffee together. So I'm going to talk to him in that way. And that's kind of the approach I've taken uh, with people that inspire me is everybody is approachable. We're still a person at the end of the day. And so I've been able to collect these kind of pseudo mentors all throughout my career. Mm hmm. What are some of the most important lessons that you've kind of gleaned from all of those interactions? Uh, Okay, so there's one lesson that will stick with me forever. And that is you don't lose, you learn. Uh, Having a leader that works under that philosophy is an absolute gift. Uh, It encourages a team to take calculated risks, to quickly move from defeat, because you know you'll figure out how to apply it to your next victory. I will, I use it with my kids. I use it with my team. Uh, It really just helps us continue to move forward and learn as we do. Awesome. So now, you know, as a woman in um, an industry that tends to be a little bit more male leaning, because there, there, there is a lot of men in printing in general, granted some, some of the segments are different, but as a, as a general role, we've seen a lot of men in especially positions of leadership. What's been the most significant barrier you've had to endure as part of your career? Has there anything been, have you been confronted with anything that maybe gender related roadblocks um, that you want to, you'd be interested in talking about? Yeah. Two part answer for that. Mm-hmm. I think when I think about the most significant barrier in my career, uh, it's interesting to look back at life, my work life when I was in my twenties uh, and then what it's like now. So there used to be this mentality where there was only enough room at the table for one or two women. uh, And it really kind of created an environment where women felt like they needed to compete against each other. Uh, And then at some point in time, there was this noticeable shift, I feel like, where the women I admired stopped competing and started collaborating with one another. And when that happens, when women started empowering each other, um, we realize that there is this value that's magnified because we're all more successful together. And so I think that's one of the most uh, inspirational things that I've seen in my career. From a roadblock perspective, most certainly in one way or another, there have been roadblocks. I think the thing that stands out to me the most is that I've actively worked against being pigeonholed. Uh, And what I mean by that is I and also a lot of the women that I work with are incredibly high functioning. And when you're very good at being a doer, the organizer, et cetera, it becomes difficult for a business to be motivated to move you away from that role. And so what I've learned from this and encouraged others to do when when this is happening is to find somebody that can be your backfill and then work to coach and support them. And I think for women, this is hard because there can be this area where you don't want to you put yourself at risk by having somebody that can do your job for you. Um, but honestly, if you're confident in yourself and in what you can achieve next, uh, you can kind of push away from the fear of that. Definitely. I do agree with that because yeah, it's, 
it's tough sometimes for women to fight for each other because sometimes you're always fighting for that one or two spots at the table, as you said. Yeah. You know, is that something that, I mean, you've mentioned that it's gotten better. What do you think has made that, what really made that shift for how women view each other and supporting each other? Uh, I think it's twofold. Number one, and I'm I'm super proud of the team of men that I work with because I think the amount of encouragement uh, that we get from from them kind of normalizes that structure and makes it less of a feeling that yeah you do only have two seats at the table. So I do think we have to give uh, the men in our work life a little bit of credit as well uh, for opening up their minds on what the workforce can look like. And then the other thing is just these really bold women that are going to grab the steer by the horn, so to speak, and say, no, I'm not okay with that. I, I really feel like we have just as much of a right to be here and we're going to work on that and we're going to prove that we do. Yeah. It's interesting. Also, it's for men to be more open-minded and not feel threatened, you know, to have that more collaborative environment, I think is important across the board. Yeah. Um, and then to have other women to be able to step up, to have the courage to step up, especially in a place where maybe it's only men. Maybe yeah. you end up being that only seat at the table that is a woman. It's um, when I look at Imagine specifically in our last uh, four years of transformation, it's a it's a different table here. And it's really, really great to be a part of. That's fantastic. Now, I know you mentioned you have kids. So, you know, obviously you have a thriving career (laughs) and how do you, is it hard to choose, you know, what's it like to have to juggle kids, a family, family life and your career? I mean, that's a choice that a lot of women have had to make over the years. Yeah, I think you're right. And frankly, I think women are making hard choices in this category on a recurring basis. Uh, There's a lot of pressure as to whether to have a family, the right circumstances to be in in order to have one, if it's fair for our kids, if the parents work, uh, if we're enough as a person, if we don't work, it's just it's all hard. And there's a lot of pressure. Uh, I do feel incredibly lucky to have my husband. Uh, He works as well, but the requirements of his job are a little bit differently. And so he picks up slack that I would say, historically, traditionally, uh, men don't necessarily do around the house. It's super helpful for me. Uh, I'm also fortunate to have a very tight neighborhood where the community really supports one another. Uh, There are a lot of amazing women that I'm friends with and having that group to rely on so that we can check in on one another and make sure that none of us feels alone or that we're not underperforming. Uh, You're not just feeling that way. I'm feeling that way too. Uh, Those types of support systems are really critical to my well-being and to help me feel like I don't have to make that choice every single day on whether or not it's okay to be a working mom. And, you know, it's, it takes a village. Yeah. In some cases, this is actually in your case, very true yeah. you know, between your husband and then your community in your local community, it, it does take a village. Yes. You're so right. And one thing that was, I thought was really interesting. It kind of leads, it kind of touches on what we we're talking about is, you know, you're saying the traditional roles of women which tended, you know, when you look at like childcare and child rearing and household responsibilities, a lot of that traditionally has always fallen to women. 
And when you look at some of the, the surveys and some of the, the things that have come out because of the pandemic, most of the people that left the workforce were women because they had to rely, you know, the kids were home. So it was the woman that had to stay home. And you would think that, you know, at this point, you know, we're in 2023, that might not, you know, you would hope that that's not a, a choice that a woman has to make today, but obviously it still is there. Yes. That's a very what, real thing. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I, my approach, this whole working mom thing is try to redefine the stereotype. Uh, I would tell you the first thing that I've started is my own home. Uh, we keep the kids informed on our professional lives. You sit around the dinner table and they tell us about their day and we tell them about our day. Um, and because of that, my my daughter and my son get to see a mom in the driver's seat. Uh, their dad is signing the permission slips and that's okay. It's not just mom who's doing all of that work. And again, my gratitude to my husband. I mean, he, he tells my kids that they have a mom to be proud of. And it just, it means so much to me to have somebody like that. Uh, and it's so cool when my, my son asks me these questions. He's just so intrigued about how it all works. Uh, and it just, it really helps to turn around what that phrase working mom means in our house. Yeah. So then, you know, that was kind of leading into one of my questions is how do you deal with those stereotypes? Obviously, you've taken the bull by the horns in this case, and you know, you've actually let your kids see into your your role as a leader within Imagine. And obviously your community also supports that because you have, you know, you have that it's a takes a village mentality. But how do you deal with, you know, some of those other stereotypes, you know, people that women who think, you know, are too aggressive or, you know, obviously, like I had mentioned earlier, there's some more not so nice terms that people use when, when women take the lead. So how do you deal with some of those other things and have you experienced that in the workplace? It's a really interesting question. Uh, although I am from Minnesota and we are known to be very Minnesota nice. I also do have a non-apologetic nature about my personality sometimes, right? So uh, just because the way that I'm behaving is making you feel uncomfortable or you think it's a behavior that is not becoming of, of a woman, that doesn't mean that I have to back down. And uh, that's something that I definitely work to pass on to my daughter is to have confidence. I think we all know that Self-esteem is something that many women struggle with. Uh, I have a teenage girl and that is, I mean, that's a real deal. And so I do try to help her understand like how she behave impacts how she's seen. Uh, but also you have to stand up for yourself. And when you know that what you're doing is the right thing, uh, it's important to be assertive, even if it doesn't mean that folks are going to be 100% comfortable with it sometimes. And I have to say those teenage girls can be mean. <laughs> they can be really mean. It's so sad. It is sad. And, you know, that's really the case where, you know, empowering each other would, would, you know, starting there to teach them how to lift up and empower other women, I think would be so beneficial, you know, especially as they're starting to move into the workforce. Yeah, we, I am. I talk to my daughter a lot about uh, being a leader with her friends uh, about it not having to be a competition uh, and just like having those open dialogues with her friends and then with people outside of her friendness to friend group to lead with kindness. Yeah. It, like you said, it's not a competition. You know, 
everybody, it doesn't make you less of a person or a woman to help someone else. Actually, it shows that you're stronger. Yes. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to say. What are some of those unique characteristics? Obviously you're, you're instilling some of this already into your daughter, but what are some unique characteristics or perspectives that women really bring to the workforce? Cause we are, you know, it is, you know, men are from Venus, Mars, wherever, you know, <laughs> whatever that book was, but you know, they are two very different types of beings. We can communicate differently. So yeah. what is it that women really bring to the workforce that helps? You know, I want to start by saying that I do truly believe diversity in general makes companies more successful. Uh, I don't think it's about what group of people does anything better. It's more about how we collectively help each other think and behave beyond our innate instincts. Uh, in relation to women in the workforce, uh, here are some things that I've seen and that I admire. Uh, first is normalizing empathy. I think that's a really big deal, especially after as a society, we've all just gone through what we've gone through. Uh, We have to give each other space to feel and then put it in the right box when we're at work. Second is listening to understand, uh, not just listening to respond. I think I've seen a lot of women that do that really well uh, and do a good job at asking the next question in to make sure they really understand what it is versus remaining at the surface. Uh, And then finally, uh, I see women that really are persistent into digging into problems until they get fixed. Uh, Women are very tenacious and uh, I get to see that a lot in the workforce. Definitely. And it's interesting that you bring up the empathy part of it. Um, You know, that tends to be a characteristic that women have just in general, because it's a very mothering type thing. But I think also, um, especially when we're starting to look at some of the younger generations, so you're looking at Gen Z or whatnot, they're looking for a very different workforce than what we might have had when we started. And a lot of it is talking about mental health, more work-life balance. And so having the empathy that while we try to keep our personal stuff at home, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes it bleeds over. Um, As much as you try to be professional about it, there's that ability to be empathetic. So yes, we're all human, but, you know, helping them deal with that too. I think that's a very strong characteristic that you brought out for women specifically. Yeah. Super important. Positive things, tenacious empathy. Have you noticed things that women do that may have actually sidetracked them over the years? You know, I think because of this thing that we've talked about in the beginning where uh, there's this, this, the stigma against women being assertive, Mm -hmm. I have seen women kind of fall to that then in turn where men tend to advocate for themselves more than women do, uh, where women are historically grateful for the opportunity. Um, So I think that's the place where we could really continue to grow. In fairness, I have also witnessed varying initial reactions from when a man uh, negotiates for himself and when a woman negotiates for herself. So I think generally as a society, um, we have space to grow here and to be aware that this still exists and we're all in it together to help steer away from that. Yeah. I mean, that touches on, you know, the pay inequality and how, you know, how that all enters in that in enters into that conversation as well. Now you're a leader within Imagine, obviously. So how important for you was it when you were coming up through the ranks to have women in positions of leadership? It's so important. 
to have somebody else that started to pave the way, somebody that's paving the way uh, to watch a, a strong woman in action is it's it's been critical to my success. And uh, I can think of every single woman that I've worked for and worked alongside and they have all left. And I can say that uh, they've all left an impact on, on who I am professionally. It's just, yeah, it's critical. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they say this across, you know, a lot of the different minorities as well. If you don't have some, if you don't have some Hispanic people in certain locations or other, you know, underrepresented populations, if they can't see themselves in those positions, sometimes it's hard to strive for them. Yes. So, I mean, this, this likewise goes for women, of course, as well. Yeah. But it's just interesting. So I guess as we're wrapping up, there's women out there that might just be getting their feet wet. You know, they're looking, graduating from college or even high school and looking ahead as to what their careers could be. Is there any advice that you can offer to the next generation of women that are entering the printing industry or some of maybe our next generation of women leaders within the printing industry? I love this question. And since I've mentioned that I'm a mom, I'm, of course, not short for advice uh, because moms are very good at that. Uh, I think there are five themes that I think about uh, and that I also try to to give to my daughter and to people that I work alongside. And number one is to be kind. Uh, how you treat people matters. Uh, number two, and I think this is really important for women, is nobody's perfect, including you. Uh, there's always more we could do. And there's also only so much that we can handle. Uh, So we have to give ourselves grace uh, and give each other the right amount of grace as well. Uh, Number three, I think is important that you tell people what you think. Uh, Just do it in an objective and constructive manner. Uh, Four would be to trust your instincts. Uh, Then, of course, back them up with research and evidence. (laughs) And then finally is honestly, you have to believe in yourself before you can believe that anyone else believes in you. You know, I think those five points are spot on great advice to any women, you know, any woman who's, you know, getting into the workforce, whatever industry that they're in. Yes. I think those are just universal truths too. And also how to be a good human period. I mean, that's right. Right. At bottom, even though we're at work, it's still important to be a really good human. I actually have a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I've been in your wardrobe or something. I guess I've seen so. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be a kind human. I bought that one, I think in 2020. <laughs> and honestly, I think, you know, especially with what everybody's gone through, we've all had to st- take that step back and really think about, you know, how can we be kind to each other? Yes. Well, Teresa, this was an absolutely fabulous conversation. So thank thank you you so much for joining me. I love spending this time with you, Denise. I really appreciated it. Thank you. All right. Thanks again. Bye.